This morning's scripture comes from the Old Testament book of Habakkuk, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. The Oracle that the Prophet Habakkuk saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not listen, or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise, so the law becomes slack and justice never prevails. The wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, judgment comes forth perverted. And from chapter 2, I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Make it plain on tables so that a runner may read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them, but the righteous live by their faith. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be be to God. This week marks the beginning of one of the most unique seasons of the church called All Hallows Tide. It's the time where we remember the saints of the church. It's the time where we remember loved ones and family members that have passed on. Um, it's the, the, the week to where we remember that uh, Christ's promise is still unfolding in the world. It's a time of reflection and a remembrance that seems uh, to make even the veil between uh, life now and life eternal to come just a little bit thinner and feel a little bit closer. So starting tomorrow on October 31st, we have the eve of uh, our two um, days of observance. We have All Hallows Eve tomorrow or All Saints Eve. Um, The day following that, November 1st, is All Saints Day. And then the day following that is All Souls Day. And uh, it's the, the tritum of the church of remembering all those saints that have passed on. And so um, as the, the custom is with many uh, feasts of the church, there's a, a day of uh, preparation, a day of prayer, of observation, the, the eve before the holiday. We've got Christmas Eve that, that goes before Christmas Day. Um, And All Saints Day is um, a day that um, this year would have fallen on today, um, but that's a little awkward to have All Saints Day before uh, All Hallows Eve, which is supposed to go in front of it. So so we'll observe All Saints Day next Sunday to where we remember the the saints of the church. And 
Uh, All Saints Day is the day where we remember the historic saints and martyrs of our faith. And uh, in our tradition, in our church, it's when we remember our saints. But but that's kind of a combination of uh, All Souls Day, the the day that goes after that, to where All Souls Day is the day that we remember uh, all the other uh, people of our faith, our loved ones, our friends, our family members that have passed on, that they don't have a historic feast day in the the history of the church, in the calendar of the church, uh, but we remember everything that they've poured into our lives as well. It's a season of the church where uh, life and death feel just a little bit thinner in their separation, a a time of reflection, a time of looking back. And any time that we look back, uh, particularly in a season of loss, um, we feel grief, Uh, we feel a stirring, we feel uh, a tension uh, between what we experience in this life and the promises that God has given us for a life to come. And so uh, there's a tension in our experience as as human beings to where uh, we look out in the world even and we experience the fact that uh, we are on our road towards salvation, towards this this perfect expression that that Christ has and uh, wanting to make all things new, but realize that we're, we're not quite there yet. And so we're still haunted by loss. Uh, We're still haunted by headlines uh, of war and plagues and famines and pestilence and evil and hardships and disappointments that that push up against uh, our belief and our expression uh, that God's promises are good and God's promises are eternal. And so we wrestle. We wrestle with those and Oftentimes, we we find ourselves in a wrestling match of uh, when there is a loss that is so great, uh, when there is a hurt that is so deep, that we wrestle even with our belief in the promises of God, of just how good can God be if our pain and our struggle is so great. And I've had several conversations with uh, different members of our church and in the community and different soldiers that I've had of um, this, this struggling, this, this wrestling, this theodicy that we have of, uh, of trying to uh, sort of reconcile our human experience with uh, the goodness and the grace and the promises that we experience of God. And, um, and that feels unfaithful. It feels unfaithful to question God, but uh, the truth is, is that's probably one of our most faithful moments, is wrestling with God. In fact, when we start um, lamenting, when we start speaking into that tension, when we start uh, arguing with God and asking God when God's promises will come true, uh, we are not venturing into the realm of, uh, of unfaithfulness, we are venturing into the realm of prophets, We are venturing into the realm of uh, Job and and Psalms and even Habakkuk this morning. Now, Habakkuk does not show up in our our lectionary readings very often, Uh, really once once a year. And when Habakkuk does show up, Habakkuk has the very first part of chapter 1 and the the very first part of chapter 2. And And it's unique because oftentimes when scriptures are kind of split up like that, uh, the question that we often have is, what's going on in that in-between space? Uh, What's what's the prophet arguing about in that in-between space? But the reason why the scriptures are split apart in that way today is uh, chapter 1 is Habakkuk's argument. 
How long, O Lord, do we have to struggle with hurt and loss, with injustice, with our communities, with our fellow people being oppressed by systems and governments and armies? How long, O Lord, do we have to wait for this deliverance that you promised us would happen? That sounds like some of our prayers. And so Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, is Habakkuk's uh, argument to God. And then chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, is God's response. Is God's charge to Habakkuk. That my promises are so good because my promises can also be so long. Because there is hope and there is peace and there is vision for everybody. And our perspective of our loss and our hurts and our hardships sometimes gets us so close and our vision is so close uh, to the hurts and the hardships that we're going through. And God says, even if it seems like my promises are tarrying or taking too long, they are rushing forward with a speed that you cannot possibly imagine. That deliverance is coming in a way that all people will get to know healing. That all people will get to know peace. That all people will get to know eternal life and hope. Starting not just in the life to come, but here today. And Habakkuk, while you're waiting and you're arguing, you've got some work to do. I want you to write the vision out. Write the promises out. And the the translation in the way that he tells Habakkuk to write it out, I I think is is so creative and I think it's unique and uh, different interpretations from the NRSV, which is what we we use here in this service, and the the NIV, the New International Version, it interprets it two different ways. Uh, One says, uh, write the vision down on tablets that they might be carried by a runner. Almost as if to say that that, that we are racing forward to tell people of this hope and this vision and this promise that God is not only here with us, but the promises of God are still unfolding for us. And the way our scripture was it is, write them on a tablet as if a runner could read them. Almost as if, write them so big on a billboard, write them so that somebody running by so fast that you're holding up a sign, that even if they're running by, they can still see the message. And how often does our life feel like that as well? Everything else is rushing by so quickly, and yet when we have a word of hope, of grace, and healing, it's as as if that moment slows everything else down. Because those are the moments of life, and of hope, and of purpose. And so we find ourselves with tasks in our waiting of crying out for God for how long, O God, until you come? How long for your promises to come true? And God's response is as frustrating as it was for Job and as frustrating as it was for the authors of the Psalms of Lament, for Jeremiah and for Habakkuk, for God to just say, they're still coming. They are still unfolding. But you get to be the forerunners of that unfolding grace. You get to be the ones that are the first signs of hope and hopeless situations. You get to be the first signs of joy 
in a life that feels as if joy can be crushed. You get to be the first ones that sow justice and mercy and get to be prophetic to call the world to see that this is the first taste of the deliverance and the salvation that's to come. And we get to carry that message. For some of us, we might be the runners that are racing ahead to tell as many people as we can. For other of us, we might be the ones holding up the sign. The testimony that there is still life and grace in this world. And so on uh, a week like this week, where we spend so much of our focus looking back on what we've lost, on who we've lost, that looking back is really an expression of the encouragement of all those saints of all that history that's behind us, of reminding us that the promises of God do come true. Because just look at where we are here today and encouraging us for the work that lies ahead in grace, in justice, in mercy, and in peace. That in our waiting for the fullness of the expression of God, we have such beautiful, such deep, and redemptive work to do. And that can all begin today. Amen and amen. Will you pray with me? Almighty and gracious God, we give you thanks for the prophets. Because Lord, the prophets remind us that we are allowed to argue, we are allowed to look, we are allowed to yearn for your promise of deliverance, of hope, of peace in this life, that Lord, that this life that we see is not the fullest expression of what you want for us. That there is still so much better things to come. And you have given us that promise. You've given us that vision that there is a day in which every tear will be wiped away, that every system of injustice will be undone, that your grace will be woven together, that life will conquer death. Lord, that disease will be no more that your home will be with us and our home will be with you and all things will be made new. And so, Lord, may that work begin in us today. May we have a new spark. May we have a new joy and a new hope that we race forward to tell others about it. And, Lord, we, sell, we hold up signs for the rest of the world watching by to catch a glimpse. And that work can begin with us here today. Amen and amen.